Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thanksgiving Thursday, November 24th. 2022. My name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils, a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. If you haven't done so already, follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. We're getting set to talk about Duke men's basketball as they participate in the Phil Knight Legacy event there in Portland, Oregon. Big-time matchups coming up for Duke starting today with a game against Oregon State, and we're going to talk about all of that with my buddy Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter and DukeBlogger.com. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also be sure to watch us on YouTube each and every day. Subscribe there as well. So without further ado, let's bring on my good pal Brian Horace, who joins us here on the show today. Brian, thanks for the time as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Same to you. Same to you. Excited to get right to it, man. We got a lot to talk about. Duke basketball has now played five games on the season. And uh, it's just, it's a good feeling that we're able to actually talk about results on the court as opposed to speculating certain things. Oh, most definitely. It's uh, it's good to have basketball back and yeah, it's, in, it's in full swing and we're able to, you know, see all these uh, predictions and uh, come come to actual fruition now. So, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect time of year. This is deemed feast week for a reason. You've got all of these big-time tournaments between Maui and the battle for Atlantis and teams playing in Cancun or wherever they're playing. You've got a lot of big-time basketball games. Like March Madness, you've got games all day long, it feels like, and that sort of thing. I mean, what do you appreciate about feast week in terms of these big matchups that we're getting. I mean, this, this is what it's all about. We've been waiting since, you know, since March and April and May for this to happen. So yeah. And, and it's, it's constant, you know, that you can, any time of day you can turn a, you know, turn a game on, like, you know, it's uh it's just feasting feast week for a reason. This is, this is why we're here. And it's uh, and a lot of these matchups that, you know, are going to have huge implications on what happens down the line in March. I mean, there's some big time stuff, you know, Gonzaga, Kentucky earlier, um, uh, obviously the Arkansas or Arkansas versus uh, Creighton the other day. I mean, there's, there's a lot of huge, huge right now. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And we've got good matchups that are going to be had in Phil the night legacy event. There's also a separate portion of the Phil Knight bracket that features the North Carolina Tar Heels and several other teams for Duke. Uh, they've already played the game against Kansas, of course, in the Champions Classic, but the opponents here in the Phil Knight Legacy event this week are set to be major conference opponents as well. The games have been necessary, all five of them, so far this season, but this will definitely be a step up in competition that Duke gets set to see this week. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, Oregon State first. Um, that team is no slouch coming in. Uh, I think they're 3-1. and one. Um they're going to be a tough out. Obviously, you got Florida after that, I believe, or Xavier. You know, both of those teams are actually three and one as well. So it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. Um, 
either way, whatever team Duke ends up playing, it's going to be a resume builder. So and these are the types of games that sort of prepare you going into conference play. It'll be good to see Duke basketball again later today, taking on Oregon State, 3 p.m. Eastern. You'll be able to watch Duke basketball take on Oregon State. Four and one, the record for Duke men's basketball. What's uh, what's the one bright spot that you'd like to highlight about Duke hoops that you've noticed so far? Um, I think the um, the bigs currently. I mean, I, I think uh, obviously Kyle Filipowski's been playing, you know, off the charts. He's you know Duke's leading scorer. You know, he was the guy that coming in a lot of a lot of people were you know who had seen practices were were sort of down on him a little bit because he had one bad practice or two bad practices. They were sort of like, well, okay, well this guy's not going to be the guy, but. He's been the guy. I mean, leading, you know, scorer. He's been rebounding. He had a couple of double doubles. He's been sort of the the guy that's getting this team going, and he's doing it from inside, outside, making good passes. So he's 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 been a bit of a surprise. I think. I think everyone expected, you know, lively to be the the guy, but Filipowski's showing his versatility, and uh, he's 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 a fighter and a winner. And not to mention the work that they're doing rebounding the basketball, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers there have been really impressive. I mean, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, I necessarily would have expected right away, right out of the gates, to see Duke be a, a top 10 team in so many areas as a, a rebounding team. Yeah, the offensive rebounding, especially, I think they're uh, plus 69 right now in, in, in second chance points. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, they're doing a lot of offensive rebounding. And they've actually gotten a lot of rebounds from the guard spot as well. I know uh, Tyrese Proctor's had a couple of games where he's had um, seven plus rebounds. So point. They're, they're getting some rebounds from different areas, not just, you know, they're, they're bigs. So that's that's a that's a huge thing for them. Let's continue to talk about Duke men's basketball and other bright things that we're noticing after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Find the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Continuing to move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, my name is JJ Jackson, alongside my buddy Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter and DukeBlogger.com. If people have never been to DukeBlogger.com, Brian, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, yeah, I try to, you know, put out all of the, uh, the latest information regarding whether it be recruiting, uh, game recaps, game previews, previews um, should be out uh, for uh, for today's game. And uh, yeah, anything Duke related, come on, come on by. Absolutely. That's what we like to see as uh, Duke gets set to take on Oregon State a little bit later today. We've been talking about the great rebounding efforts that Duke has had this season, and it starts a lot with those bigs. And uh, Kyle Filipowski, Derek Lively II, of course, working his way back from injury and great rebounding efforts so far from Tyrese Proctor. Uh, the bright spot that I always like to highlight so far this year, Brian, has been the defensive effort as well. I mean, I've just been so amazed that you factor in all of the new faces, the new players playing together for the first time. And, man, it feels like they've been playing together for years at this point with the communication and how effective they've been on the defensive end. I think so. I think a lot of that is is John Shire uh, and and Emil Jefferson. Also, I think they've uh, they've made defensive priority this season, and 
part of that is communication. And I, I think a lot of the guys that they recruited that came in, especially Lively, who is a, a, a very, very good communicator on defense, I think a lot of that is why he's he's at Duke. A lot of people assume that, well, he's just going to be a you know a 20-point scorer and that's what he's here for. But anyone that watched him in high school knows that he, you know, his bread and butter was always his defense. And I think, you know, for especially his ability to communicate, put guys in the right spots, be a defensive anchor, I think that is huge for Duke this season. Without a doubt. I mean, it's it's just so impressive that you've got all of these players wanting to give that effort on the defensive end of the floor. And you've got so many guys factoring in. And you know that defense does take energy and it's not the fun thing to do. And oftentimes we forget to talk about it when it's going so well. And it feels like it's like the offensive line in football. You're only noticing it if things aren't going so well. So giving praise to the defense for the job that they've done. Exactly. I also think Shire's done a good job of scheduling games that test his defense, that put them in situations that they may not, you know, normally have been in, like like the like the Bellarmine game, for instance. Um, you know, a team that uh, that cuts a lot, that that eats into their shot clock a lot. Um, and I think that game in particular, that this group grew up a little bit. That I think they they learned that okay, we we have to keep our heads on the swivel. We have to be aware of what's going on around us. It isn't just my man. I have to look for. I have to be aware of you know, who's cutting, who's who's setting greens, all that stuff. So I think those – some of it is scheduling and some of it is just this team is, uh, is locked in right now. So we talk about some more individual performances for Duke through five games. Big tournament coming up this weekend, and we'll get to see a lot of these guys in action because when you've got three games in, in four days, you know, you're going to want to be as fresh as possible going into the weekend here. And, and so for Duke men's hoops, Brian – a bright spot so far this year has been the play of sophomore Jalen Blake. So we knew Jeremy Roach would be coming back and the production that we could get out of Roach. But to tell me about Jalen Blake's and, and why did people not see this level of play coming from him? Yeah, I think he's had a huge jump. I, I think one of the reasons why people didn't see it coming was because of his how he ended his high school career. Obviously, with COVID, you know, he lost a lot of time, a lot of development time. So yeah. I think having a year in the program, the behind the scenes work that he did um, and, the, and the work he did over the summer, you know, working on his shot, going on and playing overseas. I think a lot of that's sort of, uh, you know, coming into into play right now. He's shooting the ball better. I think he's 50 percent from three right now. He's um, you know, he's got the physical attributes. He's got the long arms. He's you know, he's very good at finishing around the rim. He's, uh, you know, a pesky on defense. You know, he's probably close to being the steals leader, if not the steals leader on this team. I believe it's he and Proctor. So, you know, there's there's a lot that's gone into him being where he is. But uh, I think this also goes back to Shire's recruiting and, and sort of noticing this diamond in the rough in Blake's that wasn't a real, you know, highly recruited guy. But I think the vision of Shire to know that this guy had it was uh, was pretty impressive. Without a doubt, and I'm really excited to see him take the jump that he's had. Uh, you know, it was last Friday he had the big steal and kind of breakaway jam there in Cameron Indoor and got people on their feet in the midst of an 18-2 to run that Duke had in that game against Delaware. I mean, a lot of really nice plays made by Jalen Blakes. The other returner for Duke this season was their captain and Jeremy Roach. Uh, the <laughs> efficiency numbers haven't been the absolute best so far this year for Roach. Uh, but 10 points and five assists the other night. I think if Duke could get in spots where you're seeing higher assist numbers from Jeremy Roach, that the play for everybody around him will start to pick up as well. 
I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of that's just having to adjust to a brand new cast of characters. Okay. And also having to adjust each night because Duke has been trying to phase in, you know, obviously Lively will be back for, I think, his third game. Um, Dariq Whitehead has just been back also. So I think there's still going to be, you know, some some rough spots, especially for a point guard, in that you're still trying to sort of learn the tendency, uh, tendencies of your guys and, you know, how, how they're going to be and where the places they're going to be and the spots they're going to be. So I think it's going to be a little while before they before we really see you know, peak Jeremy Roach. I think he's going to, you know, probably around ACC season when he really knows these guys and is able to sort of predict where they're going to be, what they need. I think we're going to see a lot better play from him going forward. As Duke takes a total step up in competition this weekend in the Phil Knight event, I would imagine that they'll lean on on Jeremy Roach having uh, played in the NCAA tournament last year and, again, being the captain for this squad, follow his lead and good things uh, will typically tend to happen this season, I believe, for Duke men's hoops. What kind of expectations should we have for Derek Whitehead and for Derek Lively II this weekend specifically, Brian, because they are both working back from injuries. We talked about it earlier. Three games in four days is a lot to ask of these guys coming off injuries. So what kind of expectations should we have? I think it'll be just as it has been the last two games, sort of sort of a, a slow, steady you know, infusion of them in, in, into these games, not super heavy minutes. Um, I think Duke will still rely on the guys that have been there every game, Filipowski, Mitchell, Grandison, Young, Blakes, you know, Proctor. But I think we'll start to see some flashes, you know, of, 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 the, of what we expect from Whitehead and Lively. Um, Lively's been super active defensively, but hopefully they're going to start to go to him more in the paint. And as far as um, Whitehead, I think he just needs to see the ball go in the hoop a little bit. I think once we, you know, once he makes a few and starts going inside out instead of starting with the jump shot, I think we'll see, you know, a little bit more from him going forward as well. I can't wait to see those guys get back to full health and, and what that adds to this Duke men's basketball team, a team that is already so deep. And 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 again, it feels like we've been talking about a bunch of names and, and we're they're still left to, to guys to be discussed. Someone like Mark Mitchell as well. I mean, what a debut he had in the Duke uniform with 18 points and uh, some of his other games, it's been quiet, but then you look up and he's got another double digit scoring performance as well. It tends to see. So uh, what about Mark Mitchell's play? Yeah, I think his versatility, you know, is also a huge plus for Duke. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he has a, you know, high motor guy gets rebounds. Uh, he's, he's a decent driver um, jump shot's a little flat, but it's going in. I mean, he's shooting also 50%. I mean, obviously it's early, right? but he's made half of his three-point shots. You know, with him, I think it's just going to be a matter of uh, knowing when to drive, when not to drive. And, you know, he's going to get his, he's going to get his opportunities, but I think his versatility is going to be huge for Duke this season. Being a guy that can play the four, they can bring him at the, at the five if they want to go small. I mean, he's, he's a super versatile player. Brian Horace joining us here today on Lockdown Blue Devils. He's at Duke Blogger on Twitter. Let's take our last time out of today's show, and we wrap up our conversation after this here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen today. For your second listen, also be sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.
Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Brian Horace as we get set to talk about the Phil Knight Legacy invite that Duke is going to be participating in this weekend. Uh, And then also, Brian, it's rivalry weekend in college football, the Mm -hmm. last week of the regular season. Duke's taking on Wake Forest. Of course, we've got Ohio State-Michigan, Auburn and Alabama in the Iron Bowl, USC-Notre Dame, uh, NFL action back this weekend. The World Cup is taking place this year at this time. I mean, my, oh, my, it's hard to keep up with everything going on. Yeah, November is a great, great time for sports. I mean, you've got, you know, all the major things going on, NFL even. It's it's it's, it's a fun, fun time. There's If you're a sports fan, this is it. Like. <laughs> Eating and watching sports. Yeah. It's all there. No doubt. Well, we got Thanksgiving food to enjoy today, as well as Duke basketball as they get set to take on Oregon State, a team that has been in the NCAA tournament uh, in the past few years and a a squad that uh, Duke's going to be tested. Again, an opponent out of the Pac-12. And uh, for, for Duke, again, you're playing power conference opponents now at this point. So tell me a little bit about the Phil Knight legacy event. I mean, how are you feeling about Duke going into the weekend? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I think this is going to be a huge test for them. It's going to be, you know, regardless of the result, it'll be a huge growth, you know, experience for this team, not only in terms of just the endurance of playing these games in such a small amount of time, but obviously, as you mentioned, the the level up in, in, uh, in competition and uh, you know, people want to sleep on Oregon state, but they're no slouch. I mean, you know, they, uh, they have some, some guys, and some girth on that team. So um, looking forward to seeing how Duke handles, um, especially Andela. Um, he's, you know, a big guy, 248. No one on Duke's roster can match him physically. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they choose to guard someone like that. Yeah, big on the interior, those guys are going to have to step up. We've seen Filipowski be so active in the post, and the defense has worked itself out so far early in the year, and uh, hopefully that's the case again today for Duke. And then uh, this game is paired with Florida and Xavier, meaning mm-hmm. the winner plays the winner of that one and the loser plays the loser of that game. Again, another matchup where, uh, look, you've got big competition um, that, that that's possible for Duke. And then uh, a day off on Saturday, and then on Sunday, you're right back in action. And on the other half of this bracket in particular, uh, Gonzaga could possibly be looming for the Duke Blue Devils. And we have been treated with some absolute dynamic Duke and Gonzaga games over the last few seasons. Oh, without a doubt. Um, and, and I think Drew Timmy's been there for about 16 years. And <laughs> I think there's a statue of him outside the uh, the arena. But um, it's going to be if Duke can get to that game and, and you know, get, get a shot at Gonzaga, that's going to be a huge one for them because that's that Gonzaga team is, is legit. I mean, Timmy is uh, is their leader, but they've got a lot of guys on that team that can put the ball in the basket and play really good defense as well. Brian Horace here with us on Lockdown Blue Devils. If there's one area that uh, you really want to see uh, Duke improve or or that could be um, worrisome going into a week like this, what would it be? Uh, I want to see them limit their turnovers. Um, I still think they're turning the ball over a little more than I'd like to see. Um, some of them forced, some of them unforced. I think, you know, some of that, again, it's just, you know, freshmen are going to freshmen. Yeah. And, but I'd like to see them sort of limit those turnovers. And uh, if, you know, if they can do that, then I think this game will be a, uh, I don't want to say cakewalk, but I think it'll be a lot easier for them if they don't shoot themselves in the foot by turning the ball over. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, is this a product of of being such a young team, of 
learning how to play with one another, the chemistry that's involved. We're praising it on the defensive end of the floor, but offense is just as important of a factor. You got to put the ball in the bucket and that sort of thing. Or um, this early in the year, I guess it has been a variety of a couple of different things. Yeah, it's a perfect storm right now. Obviously, you have you know eleven newcomers on the team. You have um, you know two guys that are trying to work themselves back into a lineup that played three or four games without them. So I think it's just those two things, you know, combined that are, you know, causing a little bit of uh, not friction, but a little bit of um, uh, mistake proneness, I'd say. So I, I think once they learn to play with each other a little more, I think those things will work themselves out. I think the team that comes out of this tournament will be this, a different team than what than the one that goes in. Brian Horace joining us here today on Lockdown Blue Devils. The time is always greatly appreciated. Our love, our chats. And again, dukeblocker.com is absolutely a must-stop for all Duke fans out there. Great previews and recaps. Uh, I, I love reading what you've got to say after the games, Brian. There, there was a clever pun that you made uh, in regards to the Blue Hens mascot in the Delaware game I was reading the other day. And so uh, I really want people to go out and check out your website, my friend. Appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about uh, Twitter as well. Where can folks find you there? Yeah, at Duke Blogger. Um, you know, st stop in, chat. I'm uh, I'm there anytime. Always uh, wanting to interact with people, talk about the games, talk about the matchups, talk about whatever we want, Duke basketball or college basketball in general. Love it. Thanks so much, Brian, for the time. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy these basketball games. And we'll talk again soon, okay? All right. You take care. That's Brian Horace. Joining us on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, and that's going to bring our show to a close. What a great conversation that was as Duke basketball gets set to participate in the Phil Knight Legacy event there in Portland, Oregon. It's time to wrap up our show here today. Coming up tomorrow, a Duke football conversation as the Blue Devils get set for the regular season finale against Wake Forest. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.